Jesus promised his followers a rich and satisfying life in John 10.10. Yet, unfortunately, a lot of believers report feeling dissatisfied, discontent, and disappointed with their current life. 54% of practicing Christians say that they have at least one emotional or mental health issue that impacts their relationships. There are four times as many adults reporting symptoms of anxiety and disorder or depressive disorder now versus years ago. 50% of churchgoers today report feeling more disappointed after attending a church. What's the conclusion here is that millions of believers who faithfully attend church may never fully experience the better life that Jesus promised. Y'all, this is a problem. And my guest today, Joel Johnson, has experienced that problem, seen that problem, and has set out to answer the question, how can we experience the wholehearted life that Jesus promises us? In today's episode, Joel shares his wholehearted journey of going through his own breakdown and discovering healing and seven skills that lead Christians into a rich and satisfying life. And so he shares about his new book called The Wholehearted Journey and the video curriculum and invites you to go on this journey, maybe with your family, maybe with yourself for your own healing, maybe with a small group at church. Joel is an experienced communicator and I have a great history with him. He's been a longtime friend and the insights that he shares in this episode alone are so empowering and so rich and pretty pivotal. And so if you're at all interested in connecting with him, you're going to want to listen to the end, check out the show notes and share this with a friend. If you have a friend who's been fighting through depression, discouragement, or just isn't thrilled with their life, send this episode to them because it may put the tools in their hands that they need to experience that rich and satisfying life that they want to live out. All right, let's jump in. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me here for another episode at Java with Jen. I have a dear friend on the show today, Joel Johnson, who goes way back with me to one of my favorite missions trips in New Zealand and my time at Teen Mania. He actually would lead the Acquire the Fire events for Ron Luce when they had double events. He would speak at them and just he's a phenomenal communicator. Well, he has a new book out or coming out actually called Wholehearted, The Wholehearted Journey. And I'm very excited. Did I say that right? The wholehearted journey? It's the wholehearted journey. Yeah. Seven skills to develop a wholehearted life in a heartbreaking world. There you have it. There it is. And so I'm excited to have him on the show. He's a great communicator, coached me. I did his apprenticeship for one year where he taught us about the skills of communication. And so Joel, it is a privilege and an honor to have you on my show today. Well, it's it's a pr- privilege to be on your show and uh, so proud of you and all the amazing things you're doing. I'm glad I could play a small part in all of that. So. You did. You did. The part you played was very significant in my journey. So thank you for that. Um, but I really am excited. I know you've written a number of books. You're an established author at this point. And you mentioned to me just a few minutes ago that you officially are gone full time 
professionally with your ministry, Joel Johnson Ministries, and this wholehearted yep. journey. So we're going to dive into that. Um, the subtitle that you shared also really kind of gives a good idea of what this is. But before we get into the nitty gritty, why don't you give my listeners a little bit of background, who you are, maybe how this came about without diving too deep on that story yet, and then we'll start in. Yeah, well, I've been married for almost 20 years to the love of my life. I have two children. I have a 14-year-old son named Lincoln and a 12-year-old daughter named Reagan. So that's really my full-time job. That's my, that is the fun and blessing of my life. Uh, and then I help run a ministry where we take people through and we've been taking people through this wholehearted journey curriculum. So um, yeah, we're seeing people's lives change, transformed, and um, people are entering into a better life than they dreamed. Mm. And so that is, um, is there anything more important than that, than seeing the captive set free and to seeing hearts put back together? It's, it's beautiful and it's dynamic. So I'm so glad I get to do that. That's well, and that's the gospel. That's the gospel in practical application. So I love that. Um, so why don't you lead us into the, just the messaging behind your book and the pro or the, yeah, the problem that your book is solving. We talked a little bit about this and some of the statistics that you shared were kind of shocking and heartbreaking. So what is the problem that the world is experiencing that your book is helping to solve? Yeah, well, well, the book is specifically targeted to believers and Christians, but um, I think a lot of people can get a ton out of this, whether you're a believer or somebody who's seeking or just somebody who's open. Uh, it'll definitely be a powerful thing. Um, it's it's a combo between um, the wisdom of ancient wisdom of the Bible and scripture and also cutting edge research. I've, you know, I've studied psychology at Harvard. And so I want to take the very best of research and the very best of, you know, ancient biblical truth. And uh, they've kind of collided together in this book. And then, of course, I, I love to tell stories. So there's a lot of that going on. But the problem is right now it, with believers is that 54% of believers um, report having a mental or an emotional health issue that affects the relationships. That's yeah from a Barna study in 2020, mm -hmm. um, just on a total world scale from, since COVID, we have seen a rise of three times as yeah. many diagnoses for depressive disorder or anxiety disorder. So that's a huge deal mm -hmm. after the pandemic, um, that there's just a lot more that's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, secondly, um, or I should say thirdly, Man, people are, um, the one reason they're not getting help for these disorders is that they don't believe they can afford it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people can't afford, you know, a hundred to $200 a session with a counselor, or, yeah. um, I would say you can't, it, you can't not afford to go to a therapist or at least get <laughs> some stuff, uh, taken care of and, uh, it'll make your life so much better. But not only that, especially for believers 50% of believers um, often feel more disappointed after attending a service, a church service, than they do before it, which mm. is another Barna stat. So that's a major, what, what that's pointing at is that there people are going to church. And of course, some churches may be unhealthy or whatever, but 
other churches, they may be coming looking for the answers of why am I so afraid, let's say. Mm-hmm. And they're, they go and they're not finding how do I connect what I'm hearing with the scriptures to what I'm experiencing yeah. today? So those are some major stats that the wholehearted journey really addresses. And what we do is we look at seven skills that Jesus had and his heartbreaking world and how he stayed wholehearted in it. And of course he was living in uh, Roman occupied Judea, right? And there's no one else like the Romans in history. They were brutal and it was a nightmare for, especially if you weren't a Roman, right? Yeah. And so how did Jesus navigate all of this, right? How did he navigate betrayal? How did he navigate people? How did he stay wholehearted in the midst of it? So I believe that if we look at Jesus, and this is what a Jesus follower is, right? We we follow what Jesus says because anyone who can predict their death and resurrection and actually do it, we, you know, Christians, we kind of say, okay, well, you know how to do life. So we're going to listen to what you have to say. And so we see these seven skills that Jesus had that, um, we can emulate that we can learn to do the same that Jesus did. We can live wholehearted. So that's what this book is addressing. We're a little bit different because we do have the research uh, cutting edge kind of research Harvard. And we also have um, biblical scriptural background too. So it's really interesting and fascinating for any reader. I really love that. So why don't you actually define, because when I read, I read Brene Brown's book, uh, Gifts of Imperfection, and in that she really uses that phraseology of wholehearted and living from a wholehearted space. And so it was actually one of the first times I'd encountered that messaging in, uh, in a way that was like, Hey, let's replicate this. And so define wholehearted and what that actually looks like. Cause I don't think a lot of people yeah. live in that space. <laughs> well, a whole, having a whole heart, um, I, I I love Brene Brown, and I, I definitely she is the godmother of um, getting that this information out there. But also um, Eugene H. Peterson uses this in his the message paraphrase a ton. Mm-hmm. So wholeheartedness is really the mission of Jesus. Remember when he was starting his ministry. He was in the synagogue and he he stated his mission statement by reading the ancient prophecy from Isaiah, Isaiah 61.1, where he said, I've come to heal the heartbroken, yeah. to set the captive free, to give sight to the blind, to pardon all prisoners. Now, this is an interesting, um, this is an interesting thing because Jesus never pardoned any prisoners. He didn't even pardon his cousin, John the Baptist. So what is he talking about here? Well, Mm. he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set us free, us prisoners free, who are prisoners um, behind the bars of our own anger, angst, Mm. and anxiety, and to set our courageous souls gloriously free. Mm. So that's what Jesus's mission was. So being wholehearted is a very Jesus-centric idea. It was the mission why he came. So what is a broken heart? Now, this is um, the mystery of humans. Humans, um, okay, let me just state it very generally. If you don't know how to, if you don't know how something works, you won't be able to take care of it. Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah so what is the human system 
Well, every human has um, experiences six things. First of all, human. every human thinks, right? They have thoughts. Every human has feelings and really our thoughts and our feelings are interdependent. And if you don't believe me, you can think of something right now. Think of a puppy, soft, gentle, you're petting it. There's one feeling. Now think of a person who has betrayed you. Mm. Uh, maybe ex-spouse, ex-girlfriend, ex-business partner, ex-boyfriend. Okay, now do you, now, okay, go back to the puppy. Totally different experience. <laughs> so our thought yeah. and our feelings, they're interdependent, but they are um, almost singular. Mm -hmm. Third, every human has choice. Mm. Fourth, every human has a body, right? We, we wouldn't be watching and listening if our ears and our eyes weren't connected to our body. So everyone has a body and then everyone has social structures or relationships. Mm -hmm. So if you're born, you have a mom and a dad, and those are the most two profound relationships in your social structures. And then finally, there's an integrating process. This is the sixth thing of the human um, system that integrates our thoughts, our feelings, our bodies, and our social structures are what we do. And it's called, the Bible calls it the soul. Hmm. So the soul is like the processor in the background that is integrating all of that stuff together. So where's the spirit in all of this? I know your show generally is <laughs> about how do we normalize the Holy Spirit in our everyday living? So what about the spirit? Well, number three, that every human has choice or free will mm -hmm. is a highly spiritual thing. Yeah. And it's, the Bible calls it our heart. So our heart is really um, the spirit inside of us. It's not physical. Mm -hmm. And it's also the executive uh, decision-making portion of our life. Mm -hmm. We know this to be true because Jesus said, hey, if you think lustfully about a woman in your heart, you've mm -hmm. already committed sin. So the heart is this um, chairman of the, uh, the heart is like your CEO right? It's your executive center of your life. Yeah. So we're talking about the spirit, which is our heart. Mm -hmm. So Jesus came to actually come in. We, we invite Jesus where? Into our heart. Mm -hmm. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Romans 10, 9. So we invite him into our heart to, and he begins to make it whole, Yeah. which affects our thoughts and our feelings, which then affects our bodies and our bodies then affect our relationships, what we do with our bodies, how we act, our dispositions, all of that. Mm -hmm. And the soul, if you can imagine it, is you fully showing up. Yeah. And so our heart and our souls can be broken, mm -hmm. just like our bodies can be broken, just like our emotions or our thoughts, which is mental and emotional health, right? Yeah. Yeah. They can be broken. So Jesus, when he came to declare, I've come to heal mm. the brokenhearted, is he's saying twofold. The theologians call it justification, right? When we are healed, we are whole, we are saved when you make Jesus Lord of your life. But then the sanctification part of it is him actually putting the pieces of the traumatic things that you've encountered and living in a world that is far from Eden and our mm -hmm. souls were made for Eden. Mm -hmm. We weren't made for the craziness of our world today. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we invite him into our heart, he can make it whole, which then allows us to have a life that is abundant, satisfying, full and free. Mm -hmm. And so when, when I talk about wholeheartedness, 
I talk about it from the scripture and Jesus. And I know there's probably some Bible readers on your show that right now are like, well, where does it say this whole human system in the Bible? Well, let me just give you the greatest command. This is what Jesus mm. said it was. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. There it is. He puts it first, all your soul, all your mind, and your mind is your thoughts and your feelings, all of your strength, which is your body, mm -hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself, which is your social structure. So in the very greatest command, Jesus acknowledges that the human system. Yeah. And so he said, I've come for the heart. I've come to put that back together. Mm -hmm. I've come to put your whole life back together. And so what I've done in you know the, the wholehearted journey is I have put these seven skills into a way where you can integrate Jesus into your heart and then practically see your mind, your emotions, um, and the rest of your life, your relationships wholehearted and yeah. fully involved, fully put back together, healed and all of that. Yeah. So hopefully that brings a little bit of context yes. to that term wholehearted. Yeah. So you explained that so very well, and I've never actually heard it explained like that. So I love that it's super fresh. Something that I love about, I mean, I can hear my listeners even thinking like sometimes, like you mentioned that people will go to church and they'll walk away actually disappointed, more disappointed than, than when they went in. And I think that there is actually, there's an experience that we have where when we go through something difficult, and I think everybody goes through this. In fact, yeah. in the book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he talks about the, the crucial role in the cycle of our Christian experience, the crucial role of the dark night of the soul. Some people call it that, some people call it something else. But I feel like when you went through what you went through, and we'll get into that later, uh, that was the dark night of your soul, oh, you know? It, yeah, it was, it was one of my dark nights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he mentions so, that sometimes we'll have multiple of them. And I went through that recently, probably in 2019 to 2021 was probably wow. the dark night of my soul. So 2022 was my intentional healing and, uh, 2023 was my comeback, you know? And so, but I feel like a lot of times as believers, when we go through that, so that statistic, 54% of the church deals with mental health issues or doesn't feel like they walk in peace, joy, and whatever. To me, that's actually almost exciting because that means we're all in this journey where that dark night of the soul is actually a crucial element to us walking into wholeheartedness and a healthier version and experience of ourselves. Cause in that dark night of the soul is where you begin to deconstruct your faith in a healthy way where you're like, what do I believe? Why do I believe it? Where is the truth? Where's God's heart in this? And how do I find peace? And that is a crucial part of growing up spiritually. And so I think going through those dark nights of the soul, it can feel in the moment like failure. I was like, I remember my prayers were God help. Um, please don't, please don't let me fail and miss the calling of God on my life. You know, please, no. please don't give up on me. Like those moments leave you feeling like, what do I really have to offer? But the Lord was always so kind, showed up so compassionately in that time that I'd never experienced to that degree before. And if anything, he just kept showing me this is important. This is an important part of your process. And so I feel like your book, The Wholehearted Journey, what that does is it gives people that element to then move from the dark night of their soul into that mature, established believer space where Jesus is coming back for a 
a bride who is pure and spotless. And we have to move through the dark night of our soul into that wholehearted space to ultimately become the bride he's coming for. And so, um, you, you mentioned, well, actually first you have thoughts on, on what I just said there before I jump into this next question. No, I, I think you're definitely right. Um, that there is a lot of hope, especially for the listeners out there right now that you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious or you, um, you know, you're, you're in a space that you feel like you can't move forward. You're stuck in life. Um, it's actually a really hopeful place to be. It's painful and it just, it's, it's horrible. It may be excruciating, but there's hope for you. Mm. And it's saying it's your body, it's your mind, it maybe your emotions saying, listen, there's something more there, or there's something broken. Mm. And it's really, um, those are gauges on your dashboard yeah. that are telling you that there's a deeper problem inside mm. and they're actually doing their job. They're yeah. saying there's something more for you. Of course, you're not comfortable or you're, you you feel like there's got to be more for me or all of those things are saying there is a higher way of living, a more expansive, a more wholehearted yeah. way of living, a life that that can be yours and experienced. And um, but it's it's not where you're at right now was an appropriate season and place for you to be. But the next place is where you need to be. Now, here's what's so scary about that. And, and this is life is is filled with transitions. And so we have to normalize transition. Yeah. Um, it is a part of life, right? Like my crib, my, the cribs for my kids were a good spot to be, but they outgrew them in a few years, right? Like the womb even, right? The womb is the giver of life, but if you don't transition, it becomes the taker of life. Yeah. yeah. So we've got, life is about moving mm -hmm. from one world, which at a cellular level, you know, your mama's stomach was a great place to be, but you outgrow it and you've got to move into a larger dimension of living, right? So the same thing happens through life, except a baby really doesn't have a choice. We as uh, individuals, we have to choose that. Mm -hmm. And so moving from one place to the next, that is scary as well. Mm -hmm. it's, we're meant to do that. And after every transition, a wilderness follows because uh, whether it's going to college, you're learning, you know, you're lost on campus, you're learning new things. It's scary. It's a new environment. And so all the transitions of our life, the wilderness always follows. And that's part of the reason we don't even want to transition because we know it's going to be scary. It's going to be different. Yeah. It's going to be hard. It's going to be all that stuff. Yeah. So I I'm speaking to those who are in the dark night of the soul transition you've got to make that choice to transition. The pain is telling you there's something not right in the season anymore. And it's time to move upwards and onwards. Mm, yeah, I agree. So now break down for us. You mentioned that there is a promise. There's a promise that Jesus provides. There's a promise, which I think that pain that says there's a higher way of living speaks to that, that eternity is written in the hearts of men, right? That promise that Jesus makes us is written in our DNA. And that's part of what calls to us when we're in those dark seasons, Hey, come up higher. So why don't you break that down for us? Well, the seven skills are really, um, you know, just seven attributes of Jesus. And mm -hmm. so 
I'll walk through those in just a minute, but really my dark night of the soul, one of my dark nights of the soul was about five years ago when I started having panic attacks. So, um, and really during that time, I, I couldn't form words. I couldn't, I was out of control. And, you know, Jenna Lee was so kind to mention that I'm uh, a great communicator and I've been able to speak live before 2 million people. And I was in a lot of arenas and stadiums talking to people. So the very core of how I've made my way through the world um, was under attack in mm-hmm. this moments of fear and anxiety. So yeah. definitely a dark night of the soul. I, I went to the doctor, you know, and I was like, okay, check my blood. And there's a few minor things, but we were able to shift and it wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. We fixed those things, but I was still having this overwhelming anxiety and fear. And um, so I knew it was probably emotional or mental. And so I got a therapist. And so I was on, you know, on my electronic device speaking uh, to my therapist. And through that process, we discovered that so many of the coping strategies and trauma that I faced when I was younger, I had an abusive alcoholic stepfather. Mm. And so a lot of that, and just, you know, I was a single mom raised, I, a lot, just a lot, just life. Um, all of that was really, I had unknowingly in this other environment I was in that was also uh, abusive and kind of a toxic space, a work environment, really I had shifted into survival mode and the same coping strategies I would use to make it with my stepfather and to not make waves and to hide and to all of those things were in an adult version, same strategies when I felt like I was also in a survival mode Mm -hmm. in a certain work environment. So I explain all of that and talk a lot about all of those things in detail in the book, mm. but figuring that out and becoming understanding that I was using unhealthy coping strategies, the awareness of it then mm. could bring healing. And I could, I could then see, oh my gosh, I have just switched into this unhealthy childhood coping strategy. Okay. Stop back up let's use some of these other skills that I've learned the seven skills of Jesus to be able to implement Mm. and to navigate life uh, in a, in a better way. Yeah. That's so good. One, I appreciate that. In fact, the episode that I just recorded right before I got on this call with someone else on her show, it was about emotional eating and how that's a coping strategy. And I appreciate how your book offers coping strategies that are healthy um, for people to replace the unhealthy coping strategies that we naturally instinctively go to that can be generational. They can be from our parents or from our grandparents, you know, or just that we pick up from wherever. Let me me tell you, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something that's going to blow your mind. So some of the research, you know, I'm studying at Harvard and all of that. And, and really all the research at Harvard just confirms the Bible. And so I just love in so many ways, because research is hardcore. It's like tested, yeah. you know, it's not just opinion. Mm-hmm. So um, I, um, they did this experiment with mice and poor little mice, but um, mice <laughs> naturally like lavender, right? They're, they're naturally attracted to the plant lavender and they're, um, they're good. But in this one experiment, every time 
uh, a mouse or this one mouse they were working with would come near lavender, they would shock it. They would have this electrode. I know it seems it seems horrible, but you know those naughty bad scientists. Anyways, th this is what they did. So the mouse eventually never went near never went near the lavender, and which is something natural that a mice um, a mouse would do, and mice do. So they recorded his children. And then his grandchildren of this, this mouse, and then the great grandchildren and his children, though they had never been shocked, didn't want to go near lavender. Wow. The grandchildren didn't want to go near gravender for seven generations What? of trauma Wow. that happened in one mouse and seven generations later, it took for that to be for, for that not to be a trait in them anymore now i'm not saying that's everything but when the bible talks about mm -hmm. it will visit your children and grandchildren up to the fourth and beyond generation it's really speak i love when science catches up to the bible you are facing your listeners yeah have compassion a little bit on yourself right mm -hmm. you you are fighting battles that you don't even know Yep. And you, your great, great grandparents, you don't know who they were or what they were doing mm. or what they were involved with or how, what they had to go through. And so some of the battles we fight are generational. Mm -hmm. And so we can be aware of that. If we know certain things, you know, we can be aware and, and try to break those chains for our future generations. Yeah. But I do want to just say, have compassion on yourself. Mm -hmm. You're fighting these battles. You're not a victim, but you are fighting battles. And if you're a believer, God understands he yes. was there. Yeah. So have a little compassion today on yourself and you can be victorious, but some of the battles you didn't start. Yes. It's so true. Well, and I love what you're describing that scientific discovery of how the, the patterns carry through uh, family lines is the term is epigenetics. You know that I'm sure. Um, and, but for my listeners who are not aware, it's called epigenetics and that science has discovered actually that because epigenetics is like what your life experiences, your emotions, your, uh, experiences actually alter your DNA. So like if you experience someone in a harmful way again and again, and again, and again, they actually get coded into your DNA as a threat. So that's why sometimes it's hard to heal relationships because it's no longer just your mental programming. It's actually your genetic coding that actually will carry. And so they have found now scientifically that one of the only things that reverses genetically those patterns of epigenetics is actually the word of God, reading the word of God out loud to those people in those spaces about those areas and those issues. The word of God is one of the only things that actually recodes the DNA pattern and that's, so that, that's phenomenal yeah i love it not, not only that but it just goes back to the human system right like mm -hmm. that's why jesus has to heal the heart it's not just because it's poetical but it's the spirit that's inside of you that begins to change your thoughts and your emotions yeah. and your thoughts and emotions are what actually changes your body yeah. just like you said like you're saying epigenetics but this is why being wholehearted is uh -huh. so important yeah. and your heart can be broken. Literally, it can be broken. The Isaiah talks about a broken heart where Jesus uh, quotes him and it's the word Shabar in the Hebrew.
And this is actually speaking to, um, he uses the same word for, to describe broken pots, like clay pots and mm. branches being broken. And so not our physical heart, but our spiritual heart mm. can be broken. And psychologists call this arrested development. Mm. Um, and literally it's not only what happens spiritually, but it also happens uh in your brain and and a lot of psychologists call it trauma brain mm -hmm. and so part of your brain actually is frozen it stops growing yeah so to speak until that part of the brain it's um the trauma which has to kind of be layered out it your brain can't take all that trauma at one time so it kind of just freezes it and so you go layer by layer by layer but there is, it's all connected, right? It's the human system. Yeah. So our heart, when it's, when it's healed and there are younger places in our past that have been broken or traumaed, they actually, Jesus has said, I've come to put that back together, mm -hmm. to put the broken pieces, the younger, you know, prodigal places inside your heart and the present mature you. Yeah. I've come to bring that all together to bring life. And that has an effect on your thoughts, emotions, your epigenetics, mm -hmm. your, you know, all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So this is why like the wholehearted journey is going to be so powerful for people to put those pieces back together. And mm -hmm. then if people are loving the book, which, which releases October 17th, we're, we're releasing in 2024, a uh, wholehearted university, which will take people deeper into that. That's awesome. Um, where we really talk about the human system and how to, how to heal all of that. And there's exercises and film. Yeah. So you'll want to be a part of that. I love it. Well, and I mentioned, I appreciate that you mentioned to have compassion for yourself. I know that I had experienced something, which I won't go into it, but I had experienced something that was a barrier, like a limiting belief, which ironically I learned from some book reading uh, that it was like the success habits of millionaires. So it was like a business book, but they talked about limiting beliefs, how to identify them. And when I dug down below one, I realized, I was like, that doesn't sound like me. I think that's an inherited belief. And so through a series of events, I was able to track that back to my grandfather who raised his family in the great depression. So the belief made sense for the environment he grew up in. And so I had to displace that belief. And so it's just the compassion was necessary for me to even recognize. Cause if I had shamed myself over it, I wouldn't have even recognized, Oh, I don't think that's me. And so I appreciate that you mentioned the having compassion for their self. Cause as they walk through your book, the wholehearted journey, having compassion for themselves will allow them to have more insight, more revelation, more enlightenment, and even more healing in their process. And so how can they connect with you if they're like, I need that book. I need that school. Show me the way to Joel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, October 17th is the official launch. You can go to joeljohnson.org and you can actually start your wholehearted journey now for free. And um, we'd love to give you the introduction in chapter one. So you can already begin to start that journey as we approach October 17th. Awesome. Um, also, you can pre-order the ebook on Amazon and it will automatically connect to your uh, electronic device on the 17th if you pre-order that. And um, the we'll have both hardback and paperback coming out on the 17th. And also um, you'll be able to check out the wholehearted or wholehearted university at www.wholehearted.university. So right now, joeljohnson.org, you can start your wholehearted journey for free right now. And uh, then Amazon, you can pre-order 
pre-order all of that there. Excellent. Well, I want to encourage you guys, if you're even halfway interested in this book, go pre-order the book because when you, we're going to help Joel out here, when you pre-order a book, then when their book actually goes live on Amazon, all those orders count towards the first two days of sales and Amazon counts those first, or maybe it's the first weekend or the first week or whatever of sales. And if you make 200 sales, then you're considered a bestseller. And so make sure and go pre-order that book. Just help Joel out. We want it when you're a bestseller, you're going to bestsellers list and it gets in front of more people. And we want to help this book get in front of more people. Cause Joel, I am such a firm believer. This is something people need. This is just something people need. You play a part. I know this is a messaging that's surfacing in the, in the church. It's a message that's surfacing in the world because this is what people are needing right now. And I think it's a, a healing work that God is doing within people and within the nations as well. Really? So you're playing your part in that. So I'm proud of you and I'm excited for you. So thank, thank you, you so for much. Thanks for having me on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. You guys make sure that you are subscribed to Job with Jen podcast wherever you listen. So you do not miss any upcoming episodes. Again, don't forget to go check out Joel at joeljohnson.org and go pre-order that book. If you're interested, I know that with, uh, with his resources, there's going to be ways to even do it for small groups and stuff. Did you want to mention that real quick? Yeah. Well, when we launch wholehearted university, uh, in 2024, it will be perfect for small groups and also individuals, but mm. it'll make it put it. You'll just play the film. You'll have the coordinator's guide that will help you to be able to just ask the few group questions. So you're really, you don't have to study or teach. You just facilitate conversation mm. and it can make it really great for your family or a group in general to be able to go through nine weeks of, um, of healing restoration. Mm -hmm. And it's only $79.99. So for less than one session of therapy, yeah, you get nine sessions plus a bonus session that makes each session only $7.99. So we've made it affordable for people who are wanting to get help yeah. and can't afford it. This mm -hmm. is a great avenue for you to do that. Heck, that's great. I'm going to tell everybody about this. Thank you, Joel, for coming on the show. And you guys, we will see you next week. Don't forget, pop on by on Instagram at Java with Jen. I love to stay in touch with you guys there. We will see y'all the next show. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember... Hearing God's voice is simple, and He wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.